surprise, I'm going to share three things that you would not expect in a special education classroom with Jenny Walmsley today. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Witcher, and Jenny, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really looking forward to this. Okay, so you and I have crossed paths on Instagram, and I reached out to you, and I was like, okay, we got to talk to our special education inner circle listeners and just share with them some insights, because being a former special education teacher myself, I'm like, ooh, I can see some things that she's doing, and I, you know, it takes more than just an Instagram story to kind of spill some details. So let's kind of start with, um, how did you end up at an IEP table, and what's your current role? Yeah, so I always knew growing up that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I thought for the longest time that I wanted to be a music teacher, actually. But then as I got older, I realized, okay, a little more of a hobby than maybe a career. Um, and I had a family member who was actually the principal at a um, approved private school, so like a separate setting school. And so I've been around special education. And when I decided not music ed, I was like, okay, well, let's try special ed. And I remember going through my undergraduate courses, I thought for the longest time that I wanted to work with the life skills population, um, people with intellectual disabilities and things like that. But I ended up in learning support. So like a resource room, kind of a catch-all for students who were spending most, if not all of their day out in general education classrooms. I did that for about two and a half years. And then um, I'll be honest, it, it just wasn't a good fit for me. Um, I love special education, but I really was drawn to the behavior side of everything. So in my district at the time, there opened up a position in our emotional support program. So I teach a self-contained emotional support classroom for students in grades kindergarten through fifth grade who all have severe behaviors that impede either their learning or the learning of others. So that's where I'm at now. I'm leading my program. Um, we have therapists, we have paraprofessionals, and I kind of run it all, which is a little crazy for me sometimes, but this is my uh, third year in that program, and um, I feel like I, I'm doing what I was always meant to do. I love it. I think that comes through just you telling us your story. You're like, okay, this is where I was, and this is where I am, and this is where I need to be right now, and, and I yeah. love to hear that. Yeah. I think one of the things that um, I love about your Instagram stories and just your perspective on special education is that you're real. You're not looking for perfectionism. And I thought, okay, you're the perfect person to like, let's talk behind the scenes. So let's jump right in. What is one of the most surprising things about your classroom, your program with your experience that parents and teachers need to know? So number one is that my classroom, while it is a self-contained classroom, it is never intended to be permanent for my students. Um, sometimes if students go into like an autistic support type of setting or a life skills support type of setting, um, they always receive that support almost unendingly for the rest of their schooling career. Whereas in emotional support, my students come to me at what is a really, really low point behaviorally. Often when they're starting with me, they've had a recent history of really unsafe or aggressive behaviors to a point that they're not able to safely be in a general education classroom. But our goal is always to give them the interventions that they need, teach them those social, emotional, and behavioral skills they need to get them back out. (laughs) We don't want them to be with us forever. And um, in our program, we call it graduating. I've had 
multiple students over the last couple of years graduate back to still under special education, still receiving services, but under more of like a resource learning support type of umbrella so that they're able to um, be included again with, with their same age peers. Oftentimes people think it's forever and it's not. <laughs> yeah, so I love that because we talk a lot about the full continuum of placements and how mm-hmm. I'm always telling parents and teachers, like we can make a decision and it can be the right decision for now and it, it may not be the right decision forever. Yeah. And that's true for all different placements, but especially when a child's in crisis. And when we're in crisis, we just look at, okay, like what do we need to do right now? We know that where we wanna be, but what do we need to do to get there? So I love that you're helping to provide that. And I want all of, especially the parents who are listening to hear this, mm-hmm. that you know, with everything that our school systems have been through over the last few years, there's gonna be a lot of decisions that we're making based on current events, based on current situations. And this is not the forever, this is the what's needed right now. So let, let's go in, okay, number two, what do you got for us? Okay. Number two is in my classroom, we work hard and we play hard. Now on my Instagram, I talk a lot about a both and mentality versus an either or. And so often people think, oh, well, you're either in gen ed and you're working hard or you're in like a more separate setting and you're just playing hard, but we do both. (laughs) Um, So I'm always giving my students those behavior and emotional and social skills that they need, but through the academic curriculum. So it's okay. You might walk into my classroom and see all of my students are playing headbands, for example, but you need to know that they're playing hard because they just worked really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we live in that middle of, yeah, we have a lot of fun in my room, but that fun comes as reinforcement for the academic learning that they're getting. And it's not just one or the other. And and I want to reinforce to everybody, like, it's okay. Like you mentioned headbands. You know, my brother is 44 Mm -hmm. with Down syndrome. We break out the Uno. Like these are long time (laughs) skills that like, it's like play hard, but we all know as special education teachers, like that play hard is a lot of work, even when they're playing. And then Mm -hmm. it's it's going to Mm -hmm. give opportunities long-term for them to really, um, access their environment, no matter where that ends up being. So work hard and play hard is really important. Okay. Let me, let me just jump in here. Cause I know that mm, there's a lot of pushback when we do things like movie day Friday. And it's like, oh, well the teacher just, <laughs> for those who are listening and not watching, Let's talk about it. Went, oh my gosh. Yes. Like she just put her hands up to her face. Like, mm-hmm, like this. So they're like movie day Friday. That's just because the teacher's tired and she needs to take a break and nobody wants to do anything. So we turn on the TV on a Friday and I will hear pushback from parents who'll say like, my kids can watch TV at home. Like they don't go to school to watch TV. So let's talk a little bit about when we're using a screen, like, especially like a movie, which feels very passive. Yeah. Um, what, what is that? Why? So for me, we... We actually do movie Fridays. We have a variety of things that go on on Fridays in my classroom. Um, First of all, it's always contingent. If you want to watch the movie, you got to be safe. I am reinforcing you were safe all day. You get to enjoy this positive thing. But if you think about why are students watching screens at home, 
Well, because they enjoy it, right? Because it's fun, because it's relaxing, because it's something that, you know, makes it a positive place for them. For a lot of my students and a lot of students in general, we need to make sure that they make that connection that school's a place they want to be. And sometimes that means putting on a movie that they want to watch. <laughs> and for us, we also use that time to, while our movie is on, um, our students are also um, exchanging their token reinforcers. So we use a token economy in my classroom that students are earning, we call them decision dollars. When you make a good decision, you get decision dollars. And so it gives us the opportunity to provide that tangible reinforcement at the same time. And really for me on Fridays, it's a celebration. We worked so hard this week. We got through all of these great things. Um, let's look back and reflect at some of our good memories of this week. And let's celebrate that with some just downtime together as a class and some of that community building component to it too. I love that you explained that very well. So yeah, it's not it's it's not just let's put on the let's put on the show. For us, it was because uh, I taught in elementary. It was Blues Clues. Blues Clues was like love it. I'm gonna totally date myself too, only because that viral video just came out of Steve on Blues Clues. <gasps> it was so cute. Oh my gosh, it killed me. Okay, so if you guys haven't seen that, just go look up Steve and the you know Blues Clues and his video mm -hmm. because it, it's just it's a heartbreaker. Um, in that, but we used to turn on. Blues those clothes as that. And it was, it was community building and it was friendship and it was just a way. And believe me that the teacher and which was me, but we're not taking the time off. <laughs> we're still actively engaged yeah. <laughs> with that yeah. for sure. So, and, uh, go ahead. and on that note, I also want to add, um, there's actually a whole slew of research in the therapy world. I believe our, our, like I'm in the elementary program, but we have a secondary ES program as well. Um, and I believe they use something called cinema therapy, that there's actually a lot of therapeutic uses of conversations around movies. So for example, right now in my room for Fun Fridays, we've been working through the Toy Story movies. We're watching them in sequence. Right now we're about three quarters of the way through Toy Story 2, but we're looping it back to, okay, well, let's watch how Woody and Buzz navigate their conflicts and their friendships or Let's talk about how they work together as a team and all those kinds of things. Um, there are so many social and emotional skills that can be taught through movies as well that I don't, um, I don't think people necessarily realize unless they've actually done that and used it in that way. Right. So, I mean, so for all the parents who are like worried about, you know, fun day Friday and like a movie in that way. <laughs> it is okay to ask the teacher questions of like, what are the benefits to the children? Because if it is like, mm -hmm. well, we turn it on so we can clean the room and whatever, you know, that, no, mm -hmm. th then that one, you can get a little bit like, mm, I don't know if that's the best use of my child's time um, here. I said, but if it's because we're, we're, you know, drawing out conversations and community and different lessons and having fun at the same time, right? Work hard, play exactly. hard. If we're doing <laughs> and, right? And it's an and, it's not either and, we're going to have that um, and in there. And so um, it, it's important to go ahead before you get upset that you're using um, tech or screens or a movie that you're figuring out why it's being done. So, all right, let's go to, let's go to the third one. Drop that third surprise. All right. This is the one I'm most excited to talk about. Um, my classroom is not a scary place. 
Okay. So I so, feel, yeah. Like, like tell me what, so your classroom is not a scary place. Now let's, yeah. I think that we have a perspective and there's a lot of special ed teachers who just nodded their head and went, yes, like mine either. Like my room's not a scary place. Um, a lot of parents who are listening are like, you know, they, they see fear in a different way with that, but let's explain to those who are not special ed teachers, what does it feel like in the school, having the classroom who takes the children who are in crisis, where we're working on safety and accessing education, what does that feel like? What do you mean by scared? Maybe even from your, uh, maybe not your colleagues now, but just in the past of what you have experienced. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to get too, too much into this on the personal side, but we are in some pretty unsafe situations. I have experienced and worked with students with some pretty aggressive behaviors. And I think there's this idea that, okay, you know, the ES room was really loud the other day. Um, don't go down there anytime soon. And I'm like, no, like my kids are good kids. Um, we have moments that we work through. I always tell my students and parents that my job is two primary goals above all else, that my students are safe and that my students learn. And so safety sometimes does take a front seat for sure. But 90% of the time, if you come down to my room, we're calm, we're chill, we're welcoming. We're, we love when people come to see us and come to say hello. Um, we don't have a whole lot of involvement from things like PTOs or other, um, like even for me, I'm the only position of my type in my district. Um, especially at the elementary level and not even really having like a grade level team can sometimes be a challenge. And um, it's not, we're not scary people. We love to collaborate. And there are moments that I have a little light outside my, my room. It's like a little switch and it's battery operated. If that light is on, that's my signal that now is probably not a good time. But when that light is off, come say hi, come see us, come interact with my students. Um, we, we want to be part of the community and there are times that we might say now is not a good time for that, but when it is a good time, which is most of the time, we want to be a part of everything else. We don't want you to be afraid of us. Um, I tell, you know, my gen ed colleagues when I'm starting to send students out for inclusion and things like that, I wouldn't send them if I didn't think they were ready, mm -hmm. um, to be safe and to be around their classmates. And just believing that they're good kids underneath all of it, I think it's really the heart of that idea. How about parents? How do you speak to the parent who's sitting at an IEP meeting and you show mm -hmm. up, right? You're there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and let's just face it. I mean, like, I, I just call it like it is. Yeah. Anybody who listens to any of this stuff, they know, like, we're just, we're just going to call it out. You know what? They don't necessarily want to see you. They don't want their child right. in your room. Um, how did it even right. get to this point? Um, how come mm -hmm. we can't just put more supports in gen ed? Why does Jenny have to be here? We're not ready for this. I don't want this. Um, speak to that parent for a minute. Yeah. So I think it goes back a little bit to the idea of the permanence of here is, here are, here's the reality, the very neutral upfront reality of the things that have been going on at school. And I always, always, always approach it of here's the things that have been happening. Here's who your child really is. 
here's the good things that your child does. Here's the kindness that your child shows. And my goal, anytime I meet a parent is here's, here's the tough stuff. Here's the good stuff. And here's what we're going to do to get more of that good stuff. And the idea of right now, it's going to take a lot of work to get more of that good stuff. And it might get harder before it gets easier, but that's always our goal is I care about your child. I care about who they are as a person. I care about them living out their fullest potential. And I'm going to stick with them through those. I I call it the trenches. I'm going to go through the trenches with your kid to get them back to the fullest child that we know that they are underneath all of these behaviors. They're not defined by these behaviors. They're not going to be with me forever. But while they are, let's love your kid hard and give them what they need to get back to where we know they can be. I kind of got that kind of answer that question. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to keep listening here. Cause then now, now everybody's going to be like, where does Jenny work? I need my kid to go there. I will move <laughs> to wherever Jenny's at. And no, you cannot go to Jenny's school. <laughs> no. Um, so, so with that, so we've got those, those three kind of surprising things. So we, you know, we're kind of shedding some light behind the scenes, what happens behind those closed doors, what happens in those IEP meetings, but I want to address the heaviness specifically um, yeah. that's happening this school year. I, I don't want to talk about any particular current events because it's all important. It's all uh, feels heavy. It's affecting all of us in a different way. And there's a lot of special education teachers. So we already know turnover in special education is, is big. So yeah. we're lucky if a teacher makes it to year five um, in special education. Uh, this year specifically, we're seeing a lot of people say, I can't handle this, or I don't know if I can handle this. They're at a, they're at a tipping point. We're in staff shortages. Two out of three districts are experiencing staff shortages for teachers. I would say 100% of districts are experiencing staff shortages when it comes to support staff. Um, We definitely do not have a a lot in there. What are you doing for yourself to, um, I'm just going to break it down in the short term, to get through this school year? Like right now, what what are some things? And I want you to share this. So the teachers who are listening are like, oh, maybe I could do that too. And you know what, mm-hmm. it's going to help the parents see some things um, that, that maybe they can do to support the, the teachers to make sure they stay <laughs> to what's going yeah. on. What are, some, yeah. what are some things that you are doing to get through this school year? Yeah. So um, another thing, if you kind of follow my Instagram, a hashtag I use a lot is more than a teacher. So yes, I am a teacher, but I also um, am much more um, intentional with my boundaries, with all of the heavy things that are going on in the world. You have to take that load off sometimes um, and know when to leave work at work. <laughs> because while I love being a teacher, it is my job. And knowing that I need to, I need to walk away from that in order to be able to keep doing that. Um, so in terms of ways that parents can support that specifically, if I don't respond to your email, that same evening. Like if you send me an email at 6 p.m., I'm not going to respond to you until the next day. And I really appreciate your understanding on that. Um, So that's one really big one. But another thing that um, I try to do in general, but especially this school year, is just finding those little victories, finding the little wins and the little positive moments. 
Um, we use some pretty frequent homeschool communication systems. And I've been trying to be much more intentional about making sure I'm sending home the positive notes with things too, giving positive feedback to um, my colleagues and to my students and even to my parents and just controlling my own perspective and what I bring to the conversation. I always wanna be sure that I'm bringing as much positivity to the conversation as I can. Now, like you said earlier, I, I keep it real. <laughs> um, and if I'm not in a space to be positive, I kind of say, hey, can we hold this conversation for another time? For when it's going to be productive and positive for all of us who are involved but finding ways to um, send notes home um, even in the mail that's one thing that uh, we've been doing this year at my school which is so exciting the kids are like oh i got something in the mail it's really neat um but even with with parents trying to keep things positive um i being in special education and being in a pretty low population classroom, when it comes to things like back to school or holidays, like it, I don't get thank yous very much. And that's okay with me. <laughs> um, but when I do get a thank you from a parent, it means the world to me, it really does. Um, and I think it goes both ways. I always try to thank parents for the role that they have. Cause again, when students come to me, they've, They've been in crisis. We're going through the trenches. It is hard work for all of us, all of the outside current event things aside. We're just kind of getting through the day with kids sometimes. And just a simple thank you, I see you, and I appreciate you, both directions goes such, such a long way. I actually did a whole podcast episode on that of kindness matters, like kind words. That's yes. what I, said. I said kind words matter. And I listed out like the top five things that parents had told me that teachers said to them and that teachers told me that parents said back to them because mm -hmm. those little mm -hmm. things like, um, I know a parent who had told a teacher, you know, um, I, I appreciate all the work that you put into planning. Like, I see what you mm -hmm. put together for the kid. Like, even if it doesn't go well, I see the work that you're putting into planning. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I would have loved if somebody would have said that to me as a teacher. Cause that, you know, we put a lot of work in, not just for that, for that 20 minute lesson <laughs> that that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. And, um, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there, um, while being, vague but one of the most meaningful comments I ever gotten what I was I had a student who um was with me during extended school year and this student had forgotten something in the classroom and I got an email from the parent asking hey is this still in the classroom um and I responded yes it is and the response was wow the perks of having the same teacher every single year we appreciate you so much and for me I sometimes feel like having the same students year after year, I, I feel like not that I'm burdensome, but I'm like, oh, they're probably so over me and just want another teacher already. Um, but to hear that, like, they're thankful for the relationship that I have with their student, they're thankful for that long-term um, working interaction that we have together. And they see that I, I show up for their kid. Um, that was really, really meaningful for me. I love it. I love that so much. So on that note, um, you guys, I'm going to make sure that you have the links everywhere so you can connect with yeah. Jenny. I know she's got a resource on TPT for you. A go follow her mm -hmm. on Instagram, send her a DM, um, go hang out with her over yes. there <laughs> um, with that. And again, if you guys um, have any 
questions for Jenny, go ahead and go directly to her. Of course, you can hop on over to iepmasterclass.com, go download an IEP checklist, and then you and I can get connected to uh, Jenny, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great conversation. I loved it. All right. Bye, everyone. We'll talk next time. Thank you.